And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. It's great to be here with every one of you today. We have an exciting program prepared for you today, as we're going to be talking about last day's warfare. So stay tuned to our program today, as we will share with you how to win this fight in these last days. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we could get together again and study your word. I pray, Lord, for your blessing upon this conversation. Speak through us, Lord, and uh, connect us with those who really need to hear it in this uh, dark time. So we do pray, Lord, that your word will come alive to us as it always does. We will draw closer to you and grow in our relationship with you and our faith. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministries. We're talking about last day's warfare. Those of you following us on social media or on our app, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nate, hey. it's great to have you on. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back with you, man. As always, uh, love talking about the Bible with you and i love that uh, everybody who's tuned in we all get together and share the gospel and grow in our relationship with the lord so it's a good time i'm always looking forward to this day time of the week awesome time nathan a lot of wonderful things happening nathan for somebody who's new to uh the ministry or actually this program can you share with them what we do and how they can get how they can get a hold of our resources oh absolutely uh, well both vic and i are evangelists with lamb and lion ministries we're a bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of jesus christ uh and we do that in quite a number of ways uh through this podcast of course the truth will set you free uh through our television program which is now in its 19th season it's called uh, christ in prophecy it's on the major christian networks and uh, of course the online ministry as internet evangelists uh I, I'm in charge of the online aspect of it, and uh, that is through our website at ChristInProphecy.org. Check us out. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. We have so many resources there to help you get connected. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan. Again, for those of you that are just tuned in, uh, take advantage of these wonderful, wonderful resources. Nathan, you've always, you also had a, a busy week. You also have some opportunities to share at different locations. Can you talk to us about that? Well, as evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries, we like to come and help churches uh, grow in their relationship with the Lord by teaching them Bible prophecy. A lot of pastors, you know, as you're a pastor, Vic, so you know that you guys cover so many different topics. And a lot of times pastors aren't uh, experts in eschatology, which is the study of end time. So they'll bring us out to their churches to preach and teach that aspect of the Bible, the 31% of the Bible that's prophecy. So if you're a pastor and you're looking for your church to have uh, a, maybe a conference or a Sunday service or whatnot, uh, contact us at ChristInProphecy.org and we'll uh, hook you up with one of our evangelists and hopefully we'll, we'll help your church grow in the relationship with Jesus as well. Mm, very exciting. Thank you, Nathan. And I think that again, for yeah, for those of you that want to take advantage of that, we're available to come and share at your ministry and just bless your people. Because Nathan, there seems to be a little bit of a famine right now of the teaching of eschatology uh, as a whole. So we really need that to get back into the churches. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. So Nathan, thank you for sharing that. And of course, Nathan, you and I have been having a wonderful time uh, teaching through the Word of God on different topics. And today's topic is that of uh, last day's warfare. And we're going to be looking at uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. 
Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, as we jump into today's study? Oh, absolutely. Turn your Bibles, if you got them, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. It reads, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Ooh, Nathan, short but powerful verses. You and I have been going through uh, 2 Timothy, and on the first chapter, again, uh, Paul there encouraging Timothy in his last days, as he knows that there's going to be uh, a lot of uh, challenges uh, facing Timothy, as Paul is soon about to pass the baton or really pass away. And here the encouragement now continues in chapter 2. Yes, yes, uh, here is... Paul passing on to his successor, you could say, Timothy. It's his last message. Paul's about to uh, die. He, he knows he's about to be headed by the Romans. So he gives this very intimate message. Uh, you know, usually Paul's very preaching, a lot of heavy theology. But here you get an inside heart into Paul and his basically, not his adopted son, but he's like a son, Timothy. And so we really get this last message from Paul. And, and it's a great one, man. Uh, he says, hey. You're a Christian. You follow Jesus Christ. Jesus taught us in John, the book of John and other places, that if you follow him, uh, you're going to be persecuted because the world hates Jesus because Jesus exposes their sin and their judgment to them. And so they don't want anything to do with you. So you're going to face hardship. But, you know, treat it. And I love how Paul compares Christians to soldiers in Christ. And what do soldiers do? They go into battle. They do face hardships and trials, but they also face victories. And uh, we have to kind of... Uh, think of that way, is that there is a spiritual war going on in the world, and we're soldiers for Christ fighting against evil. And uh, that's a beautiful way to, to put it, because it, it changes, at least for me, my mind and how I see myself as a child of God. I'm looking for that one day where I can walk and talk in a fellowship with Jesus face to face and live in peace. But in this time, in this age where the Lord's placed us, we're soldiers for Christ. Mm, I love that, Nathan. You and I also have uh, young men, uh, sons that are serving our country. And my son Isaac, right now, he's in the military. He's in Hawaii. He's going to be re-enlisting for another four years. And your son Ethan as well. And, and it's a it's a different lifestyle, right, Nathan? That of a soldier. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, fortunately, you and me, we kind of came up to a time period where there were no wars. Uh, I, I didn't. The Gulf War had just ended as soon as I graduated high school and but uh, our sons uh, love to serve and my son's in ROTC now with um, and he's looking to join the Coast Guard afterwards your son in the Marines and uh, it's a scary time to be in the military I you know the military people there used to be so patriotic and now the left is trying to turn it into a giant social experiment so I'm a little more concerned that there'll be persecution against our sons as well for their Christian faith and that's a terrible thing to think that the military would persecute Christians within it just for their faith. It used to be the time that the military was strong on faith and strong on conservative values and liberty and freedom. So the, the world's changing, man. And I thought the one last bastion of conservatism would be the military, but our sons might become soldiers uh, in a war that they never expected. And that is the transformation of our own military. 
Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And, and that's exactly, and you made a good point. Also, we as believers find ourselves in a spiritual battle. And that's why, you know, today we're also going to share practical ways uh, how to fight to win uh, in the battle that we find ourselves in this last day's warfare. And three things, Nathan, that come to mind really uh, as we consider how to fight to win is uh, patience, endurance, and preparation. And those are the things that we find here in chapter two, as Paul begins to encourage Timothy in, in what needs to be found in the life of a believer. And I just love the way that you opened for us there, verse one, as Paul addresses Timothy, he says, you therefore, my son, be strong. And I think that is the message that you and I want to send to Christians today. Be strong. In, in, in light of all that's happening in our nation, right, Nathan, now with the whole police department and, and every day it seems like the news is just trying to bring everything down, uh, people are becoming weak and we need to strengthen each other in the faith. Well, I don't think a week goes by where we don't hear some pastor, some big name pastor, renounce his faith in Christ. I mean, it's just shocking. And uh, but here he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, we're going to fall. We're going to waver. But the grace of Jesus Christ forgives us and strengthens us. Uh, the Holy Spirit gives us strength. And so, yeah, what good is a soldier if they're weak and cowardly, right? Uh, as a soldier in Christ, we're called to be strong and brave and fearless even. Even when it seems like the whole world's against us, we stand up for what's right and let the Holy Spirit work through that. So, yes, brother, good calling. You know, Nathan, uh, uh, it's, it's just amazing to me how these few verses here in Second uh, Timothy uh, just have so many, have so much powerful meaning. Just look in there, verses one and two, uh, a, a few words that really jump out of the page and the, the word entrust, uh, the word reliable and the word qualified. And, and I think these are the, 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 the things that need to be found in believers and, and also in soldiers or people that you want to entrust with things uh, uh, is they need to be individuals that you can count on in times that are difficult. And it kind of reminds me, Nathan, of what you and I have spoken about in First Timothy uh, chapter one, uh, excuse me, Second Timothy uh, chapter one, uh, as I'm looking back there at verses um, 12 through 15, and you know, there were those that were uh, with Paul, uh, but then uh, a number of them turned away. They were not, if you would, uh, trustworthy or reliable uh, or qualified. And, and if I may read this, Nathan, just verses 12 through 15, uh, because uh, those three words really just uh, resounded in me. And Paul writing to Timothy says, for this reason, I also suffer these things, Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep you what I have committed him unto that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And he says, this you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelius and Hermogenes. And Nathan, here we now, Paul, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, he is uh, again saying to uh, Timothy, you know, these are the qualifications. These are the things that we want to entrust to faithful men. And, you know, Nathan, uh, also qualifications, for whatever reason, uh, 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 8, 
it just that just jumped out of me when Paul has said to Timothy, what are the qualifications for individuals, especially those that are called into leadership? Would you be able to read that for us in First Timothy three verses one through eight? What if I said no? <laughs> of course, <laughs> then I'll have to get my glasses and read it. <laughs> you cracked me up. Would you read it? Yeah, of course I'll read it. All right, First Timothy three verses one through eight. Uh, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop or church leader, he desires a good work. A, bush, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine and not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome and not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So Nathan, that's, a, that's an amazing passage. You and I have been serving in ministry for many years, and you and I also needed these qualifications, right, Nathan, in order to be ordained and in order to be counted faithful. And the same thing that Paul is requiring of Timothy or saying to him of other people, that should be the norm, right? Yeah, I mean, he goes on verse 8 about the deacons. They're likewise, as they must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, and not greedy for money. In other words, he's saying if, if you're going to be a church leader, and this kind of goes in with the soldier of Christ analogy, is that you live a holy life, a, a life that honors God. So you never want to put someone in a leadership that is unholy. Now, I'm not saying that we're perfect or sinless. Uh, I hear in the Fort Worth area, and, you know, I live in Dallas area, and in Fort Worth area, there was a recent story about a, a Episcopalian uh, churches that were run by uh, lesbian women. And they were up to, they wanted to break away from the Episcopalian church. And the church says, well, we own the buildings. You can't. And so there's a big lawsuit. And just this past week, the, the churches had their buildings taken back to the Episcopalians. And it's interesting to watch the news because you got one side like, oh, these, these poor churches, they just want to help the homeless and doctrine didn't matter. But the Episcopalian church was like, well, doctrine does matter. And these are positions of leadership. How in the world did we get positions of leadership for one when we read these positions they're male. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, that's not misogynistic, or it's that God has is, is put man in charge of spiritual matters, to, like, uh, to be the spiritual head of the house and to be the spiritual head of the church. There's, there's positions for women, too, in the church, obviously, that men shouldn't do, but uh, this is what the Lord's given. And yet they broke that, and then they're living a life of rebellion against God by living in a life of sin. And these are people who were uh, put up to be in charge of the, this church, these uh, series of Episcopalian churches. And so, of course, the churches were falling apart. They they left sound doctrine. It, it didn't really believe that, well, okay, there's a God, but we don't have to follow what he says. Well, that's no longer a church, and it's leading people into error, and it's leading them away from Christ and into sin and even to hell. And that's a serious, serious matter. So uh, it's a shame when churches totally ignore what Paul is saying, saying to Timothy, saying it doesn't matter. It matters, and it matters greatly. You know, Nathan, what an excellent point. Uh, and as we as we title our message, Last Day's Warfare and also How to Fight to Win. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, there's so many pastors now also renouncing Christ. And I've known pastors myself that they've fallen off the bandwagon and now they say, oh, I don't believe in the Jesus thing. 
And we see it in social media and media likewise. These last days, it's almost like we're going to see more and more of this turning away and blaspheming. And I think that's exactly what Paul was saying to Timothy. You know what? Find faithful men that are going to continue to hold true to the Word of God. Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to fill your church with people who don't follow these anyway. Why would you want to fill your church right. with drunkards and slackers and wife abusers and cheaters? And that well, that doesn't make any sense. And like, well, you know, i got to be loving and all that. No, you don't. <laughs> you'd be loving to them by leading them out of their sin, but you don't put them in charge of anybody. I mean, otherwise they'll lead them away too. It's the blind leading the blind. So it's a very confusing era. Now, it was prophesied in Revelation 3 that the last day's church would be the church of Laodicea, the apathetic, lukewarm church that feels it's got it all wealthy because of their materialism, but they're they're spiritually naked and poor and blind, as Jesus says. And, and that's we're seeing just that growing. I mean, we got wealthy church buildings and lots of programs and money and, and awesome worship services and all, but then you hear the pastor preach. And it's a TED Talk. There's nothing to it. There's no doctrine. There's no growth. There's no worshiping of the Lord. And uh, that's a scary, scary time, brother. I I uh, visited a church over the holidays uh, last Christmas, my son and I, because our church was uh, closed due to COVID. I wanted to be in a, a church service in person. This is the Christmas Eve service, right? And I go in there and the worship songs are all about us. You know, what is Jesus doing for us today? And all. And then the pastor gets up and he does a presentation and he doesn't even bring up the name of Jesus. And this is Christmas wow. Eve. Not even the name. There was nothing about Christmas Eve. It was all about kind of like your best life now type thing. And I normally don't do this, but I wrote the pastor a letter. And I said, I don't understand. This was a Christmas Eve service. You're going to have more non-believers show up than ever before. And you gave no gospel message, no presentation uh, of the gospel whatsoever. Uh, it was all about us. It was all human-centric and not God-centered. There was no worship of God. It was more worship of man. I don't understand. And he wrote me back, and although cordial, basically said, well, for one, you don't know what you're talking about. And two, he said, well, my I know my people, and they don't need the gospel message. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is a church. A church yeah. doesn't need the gospel message? Uh, brother, I, I don't know how I fell into a church like that, but uh, I, every time I drive by it now, I, I just shudder. I feel sick. And this is becoming more and more common. Churches are becoming places of religiosity, but uh, without Christ. And that's prophesied, right? Isn't there a Bible verse that prophesies that in the end they'll have the form of godliness but deny his power? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nathan, and, and what a sad thing that is. And it just falls right in line that in these last days, it's going to be a, a strong delusion, a deception that is going to come upon people. When you think about all these individuals going to these churches, it's just sad where you have these all the supposedly these pews filled, but yet the hearts of the people are empty. You know, it is. And it, you got to admit, if you're a leader of anything spiritually in the church, then you're held to a higher standard. It's like that old Spider-Man saying, which is actually a biblical saying, with great power comes great responsibility. And the Lord will hold Christian leaders accountable for how they've handled the talent that he's given them. So imagine you're standing before the Lord, you might be saved, but you spent your life talking about your best life now or or health and wealth gospel, or you never bothered to bring up sound doctrine, and you led all those people astray. Brother, I can imagine the wrath of the Lord being upon us for that. It, it should terrify you if you're in church leadership of any level, even down to, you know, you're taking care of the babies in the nursery. 
you have a responsibility to live as we just read in First Timothy uh, chapters, uh, excuse me, chapters one and two. And if you don't, man, the Lord's going to hold us accountable for that. So uh, we should approach any kind of service for the Lord as Christian soldiers with fear and trembling. Mm, excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic is last day's warfare. We're sharing with you certain tips on how to fight to win in this battle. It takes preparation. It takes endurance. And it really takes um, patience as we see so much things going on. You know, Nathan, I mean, as we go back to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 there, looking at verses um, uh, three and four. Uh, I, I mean, this is why Paul specifically says to Timothy in verse three, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then he says, no one entangled in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And Nathan, I think what happened is a lot of these ministers and, and, and Christians, they slowly allow the enemy to creep in there. They get entangled in so much of the worldly stuff. They bring it into the churches. And before you know it, you have this mass confusion. Well, we're living it today. I mean, how many churches have abandoned the calling of the Great Commission and turned to serving with social gospel or even social justice, which when you look at it, social justice really is about revenge, socialism, and Marxism. How is that biblical? You know, and yeah, we want people to all be treated equally, but that's what the gospel does. We're all brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. So we all follow the, the great commandments to love God and love our neighbors ourselves. And that fixes all social injustices. But when a church has dedicated itself to, to fighting what it, what it sees as racial discrimination or or even poverty, or when it focuses on those things, it's losing track of what we're, we're meant to do. We're meant to lead people to Jesus Christ. Do we serve them? Uh, do we take care of their spiritual needs and their physical needs as well? Obviously, obviously. But brother, we saw it with the Emerging Church that started 20 or so years ago, is that they abandoned the gospel and replaced it with social justice. And that isn't the gospel at all. Nathan, and that and that's that's what's scary, and that's why we need to be I mean, very, very careful today. So any of you that are listening to our program, you know, this is a message that applies to all of us. What Paul is saying to Timothy is something that is very, very important. And again, as, as soldiers, we are separate. We are not to get entangled with the things of this world or the affairs of this world. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves in big trouble. And Nathan, another thing that stands out is what Paul says to Timothy. He says, as a good soldier. In other words, you have good soldiers and you have bad soldiers. You have good cops, you have bad cops. But right, he's, he's addressing, listen, as a good soldier, here's what you need to do. Yeah, I was thinking of that Bergdahl story. Remember a few years ago, that guy, he abandoned his post. Was, I think it was Afghanistan. And uh, and when the troops went to go looking for him, a few of them died. I mean, that's a bad soldier. Now, he was able to get away with pretty much being a terrible soldier, really a sign of the times here. I think the guy even had a sex change. He's not even a man anymore. But, I mean, that's a bad soldier. He abandoned his post. He abandoned his, his, his fellow soldiers. And they died trying to find him and rescue him. So, man... You don't want to be like that. We don't want to abandon our general, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, the lover of our souls, 
Oh, we want to be good soldiers. And we just read how to be a good soldier, not to get entangled in the affairs of this life. In other words, keeping our eye on our true citizenship, and that citizenship is in heaven. And, and Nathan, in part of being a good soldier, I love Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 18, because it's, it's a passage that you and I go to a lot because it really uh, shows us, hey, if we're going to fight to win, we need to prepare ourselves for battle. And Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 shows us there that preparation. Uh, Nathan, as we go to Ephesians 6, uh, will you be able to read verses uh, 10 uh, through 14? And I'll read uh, 15 through 18, just in case someone out there doesn't have a Bible. Sure, as long as you have your glasses with you. I have them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, verse 10. Uh, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days and having done all to stand. Ooh. And of course, he says, stand there for having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And Nathan, that's what we are doing here. Again, we're just encouraging people to put on the full armor of God. Don't get entangled with the affairs of this world. Don't become a statistic like so many, but be more than a conqueror. And Nathan, that's why we're really living in deceptive times. And every year, you and I, as we've been doing this program for over 10 years, we see how much time Things are changing in the church and out of the church. Right. I mean, there's a time where as Christians, we thought we had it pretty safe. The culture was predominantly Christian. We live in a post-Christian age. We've got to admit it. And a post-Christian age is hostile to Christianity. They're not slaughtering us in the streets like in Nigeria or China, but they're certainly censoring us and shutting us up. And why? Because we're the stench of death, the Bible says, to those who are not believers. That's why it's so important uh, Put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I know, Vic, you like to end with the gospel message. Why don't you do that this week? Uh, I'd love to hear how you would end and share the gospel with people. Absolutely, Nathan. I will. I will love that. And of course, as we um, as we do so, we just want to encourage people again. Listen, if you found yourself entangled with the things of this world, as the Bible says in First John two, uh, we want to encourage you. One way that you can untangle yourself is to start a relationship with Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to set you free. Whom the Son sets free. He shall be free indeed, and the truth will set you free. And of course, that begins with a confession of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So wherever you are right now, we want to encourage you to stop what you're doing and pause just for a minute. Pause. And um, just want to encourage you. I'm going to lead you into a very simple prayer. And if you pray this prayer and you need, and you mean it from your heart, God will meet you where you are and he will transform you. So if you're not driving Wherever you are, I want to encourage you to bow your head with us right now just for a minute and close your eyes and repeat this very simple prayer with me. And just call out to Jesus. Just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner 
And God, right now, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And yeah, Nathan, and anybody that just prayed that prayer for the first time and meant it from their heart, the Holy Spirit is now living inside of them. And we would love to hear from you. Nathan and I would love to hear from you. We want to send you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And as I often say, if you pray to receive the Lord, wherever you are, find a good Bible teaching church. Let the pastor know that you received Christ and let him know that you want to be baptized. And if you find yourself in the Daytona Beach area, let me know. Call us up 305-992-9537 and we'll make sure that we you get baptized and continue to serve Jesus. So again, we're very, very excited. So Nathan, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this closing message today. Uh, brother, it's always good to do this podcast with you. God bless you all.